Greetings, schlock friends. This is the Groots. This little disclaimer is being tacked on to uh, the beginning of the episode, both to explain the technical difficulties we had on this one, and also to address the far longer than usual hiatus that Beautiful Disasters has taken. First, I'd like to say that portions of the audio did get corrupted and were unsalvageable about the last fifth of the episode. So there will be a short recap at the end of the episode to give a basic synopsis of um, the final scenes and to give everyone listening a little bit of closure. As for the long break between episodes, um, I'm just going to leave it at uh, life, the universe and everything amid pandemic and all that has been challenging uh, for me mostly. And um, but the focus going forward is to get some new episodes out there, get back on track I'm looking forward to having a bunch more content for you guys here soon. Lastly, uh, this is good news. Uh, This is the last full-length episode recorded on the older setup, which was a Yeti room mic uh, with three people. It was never a big deal, but uh, it started to have some issues. Uh, We have a brand new setup. It's We got a board. We got separate mics. We're not going to have this issue again, thankfully. And anyways, enjoy the episode. The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to Beautiful Disasters. This is a podcast where we discuss cult movies, cinema obscurities, you know, flicks you might not have seen as much. And, oh my God, do we have a movie that fits this bill more than anything maybe we have ever done? My brain hurts. It hurts so bad. It, yeah. Yeah, we we all went through a schlock abuse and didn't realize that this was going to be... This is, I mean, some of the schlock abuse, I would pick a lot of the schlock abuse movies over this one. At least they were more coherent in actual production. Correct. This is not (laughs) technically a full movie of any kind. But anyway, Uh, let's... We'll get into that. Let's let's introduce the panel. I am the Groots. F. U. Hunter. And our guest today is... Spam. Brandon Hilton. Welcome back, man. Thank you. It's great to be back, but... uh, um, (laughs) I know where this is going. You know, like, this is my second time. It's been great. (laughs) Did I do something to you? No, we stumbled upon possibly the greatest movie for this podcast. And I'm sorry it's not a coherent movie. You probably wanted to enjoy yourself more than you did. I thought we were going to be safe because... I thought the problem last time, and for listeners, uh, the last episode that Spam was on was Dead Heat, the shit fest movie with Joe Piscopo. Right. And when I made sure there was no Piscopo in this movie, and I thought that was a problem. Now, no, no, that wasn't the problem. It, this movie is on the same level as Dead Heat, and I, I will apologize to you for having you experience a second pre shit fest movie. So. That bear wasn't Piscopo? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might he should have asked for that role. Oh, man. All right, so I'm going to preface uh, this whole episode with the fact that our last full release, The Mask from 1961, I was still in the middle of uh, uh, recovering, as I still am, but recovering from some surgeries, and I was on a pretty heavy-duty muscle relaxer, and I had a little whiskey, so obviously you probably heard that in the episode. Now, this movie is the movie I wish I was on Muscle Relaxers oh, I, yeah. and a bunch of whiskey, you and I wasn't. Out, <laughs> if you could have handed out Muscle Relaxers <laughs> to help us all through this movie, that might have helped, because wow. I, I was too coherent for this movie. No Roseanne defense for this one. I, I This was 100% legit <laughs> and honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, So the movie that we are covering today is a movie shot in 1983, but only officially released in 2020. If you can wrap your head around that, and we will, you know, we'll break down some of why that that was. This was shot in the 80s, 
in Hungary. This is Grizzly 2, most recently titled Revenge. Grizzly 2 Revenge. So was it just Grizzly 2 and then they added Revenge just to kind of, you know, help help out the title a little bit? The initial titles back in the day that it was supposed to have was like Grizzly 2 The Predator or Grizzly 2 The Concert. <laughs> the Concert, Grizzly 2 The Fireworks, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so this is an, uh, a very loose sequel to the 1976 movie Grizzly with George Seagal. Yes. Yeah, I would Which say, is an actual movie. Yeah, I would say this is one of my favorite B-movies. I mean, you know, something that through the years had what we brought this podcast to be. One of my first B-movies I loved was Troll 2. Yes. Anybody that's ever seen Troll 2, it has nothing to do with the first Troll movie. It literally has no trolls in it. It has goblins. Um, the acting is shit. The plot is shit. It's it's amazing and how terrible it is. Unintentionally hilarious. It's still a movie. What we watched is even worse with its connection to the original Grizzly movie because there's nothing there. This is (laughs) not a full production. This is a mess of shit put together. I learned so much about bears though. I don't remember any of you, but but they told us so much about bears sometimes. <laughs> Other times they showed us bears, and then they would show us the same bears again the same way. Yes. <laughs> Somebody, I feel like, found footage of what had been filmed for Grizzly 2 and then decided he had a program on his computer to make a full movie with what are we going to say here 30 minutes of actual footage 30 maybe 40 yeah literally almost half of this movie is not actually this movie yeah yeah and this is kind of a this is a first for beautiful disasters most of the time when we've seen a shit movie it's <laughs> it's a shit movie but they filmed it as a shit movie from start to finish this one is a hodgepodge of footage, some from the 80s, some from current times. Like you said, it just came out in 2020, and there's a couple ways we know that someone had to take footage recently. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would like to point out that that has nothing to do with the plot either. There is no time travel. It's just they were like, ah, they wouldn't notice if, if suddenly some of the audience in this concert which plays a big part in this grizzly movie uh, maybe maybe we should just you know throw in some live footage of a recent concert yeah but they have like you know apple watches and stuff on ah nobody will notice that <laughs> oh man all right let's all right we're mm-hmm. gonna try to dive into what we interpreted the plot to be but it was a struggle i mean like i've got notes here but there's after half my notes is a question mark, as in, I'm not really sure because the editing of this is fucking all over the place. Oh, it's schizophrenic at best. All right. Oh, let's throw one more thing out because we're going to get right into it. Yes. The DVD that you have on the cover, it says Grizzly 2 Revenge and has three stars names in it. Absolutely. We are. Yes, we have George Clooney. Laura Dern and Charlie Sheen, who, and in the title sequence, are top billing. Yep. The first three names before the main title of the movie. Yeah, so they've got to be the main three characters of this feature, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's now get into the movie. We're going to go and start with a, a very first shot of the movie. Obvious stock footage stolen from National Geographic or whatever of bears. And then they show two cubs playing. And then blatantly obvious shots of stock footage of hunters, but a digital bullets being like put in from the hunter's gun, killing the cute, you know, cubs. I got to stop you right there. Okay, yeah. Cause because I actually own guns, and I know how bullets work. It's the same when you put it in. It looks the same the entire time, right? No. Oh, no. really? No, no. When you fire a bullet, 
the projectile leaves the cartridge, and the cartridge is usually expelled from the gun in one way or another. However, the full cartridge unfired generally does not fly through the air as was depicted in this movie. So you're saying the Mario Brothers lied to me with the giant bullets. It's not like that. They did, yes. Okay. And so did an L.A. Guns video back in the day. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it seems like the special effects person literally used his research by watching... Uh, Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 2, with the giant bullets, and they went, yeah, that's how bullets are. They they look the same from when you put them in the gun to when it kills something, right? Yeah. So Bullet Bill it comes from a cannon, though, and this... Do they, think, <laughs> do they think there's small little men inside of the guns launching the bullets like bow and arrows? I would not be surprised if that's actually what they thought. So Because they... Yes. What they use for the rest of this movie... You would think, oh, wow, that's a fucking dumbass scene at the very beginning of the movie. You learn as we go along, oh, they just think the audience is fucking stupid. Uh, apparently. Yeah. And, and uh, I will say that the very first shot of the movie, when we get this panning shot of like this wilderness, we're like, wow, they really did a good job on this <laughs> transfer. <laughs> yeah, this is an amazing transfer. Except for the fact that it, you know, we now know that this was... Uh, probably 4k drone footage yeah, shot like yeah. two years ago yeah it literally as soon as you get your foot you're like wow this cleanup because this and i was like this is from the 80s he's like yeah i was like this does not look like because the footage we were watching was not from the fucking 80s yeah we're watching it on a dvd it's like well i guess my tv is upscaling really hardcore right now it's like i don't know man this movie <laughs> this movie's inspired me that all i need to do is find some footage of a movie that never got completed and Get some stuff. Get a drone and some stock footage off of YouTube. We can make a movie because that's what these Any, motherfuckers. Anything did. in the public domain, dude. Isn't we're that, good. Isn't that what Be Kind Rewind was about? Is anybody going to remember Be Kind Rewind? It was one of the lesser. Um, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Jack Jack Black and what was it? Uh, Mich- Michel Gondry was a director. Yep, that's right. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, it was one of his lesser hey, guys, uh, movies, but still let's fun. Not, let's not get off track by talking about good directors and good movies. That's a slippery slope. Let's go back to the shit fest. That, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, we got to be careful because we start talking about good movies and we got to remember what we just just experienced. I would say, since we're very briefly on the, on the topic of directors... This particular director is Hungarian. His name is Andre Zotst. And the only thing on his list that uh, he did a lot of like French movies and stuff like right. that. Any like, music videos? I didn't see this any. This one. Yeah. This one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he did do the 1990 Cyrano de Bergerac with Gerard Depardieu. Really? He did that movie. And that's the only thing I recognize on the whole list that I've ever fucking seen. So that's not saying much. Yeah. But anyway. And now the question is, did he direct original footage? Yes. Okay. Who takes credit for everything between the original footage? We're going to get into that later. All right. All right. All right. So if you have some answers, because I I I need need answers. I looked at some trivia. We're going to get into that. All right. So we we get our digital shit. And then, you know, the first thing I've got written down here is uh, Bear Cub Shot. Mom yawns. Now, the thing is, bears are my favorite animal. They're great. They're big. They're scary. They're dangerous. You want to pet them, but you know if you do, you're going to die. And you, you might that be a cool way to go out. But this movie just, like... There was a documentary about that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but this movie... About a man specifically, I believe. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes you, like, oh, no, the bear cub shot. But it's done so poorly. Like, it looks like the bear cub just, like somebody threw some paint on them and then the mom like i don't know if maybe bears you know look like digital paint like it was cgi right yeah 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 Yeah. it it was terrible and then it it just looked like the mom like somewhere off and this is a really big theme in this movie a completely different shot of a completely different bear in a completely different area yawning and i don't know if maybe that was the worst shot they could get but we're not going to get much more of the bear yeah, I think the yawn was supposed to be anger, like that. The, the, they I just guess. yeah, 
because it's like the mom bear reacting to the cubs digitally being killed and they just were like uh we don't have like a good roar can we just oh, use man. the yawn like yeah it's mouths open it's the same thing maybe so the, maybe the bear just got poor direction i don't know i can't really In this movie honestly you could have gotten away with just the mom bear being like no like you know like well bears don't talk usually but like well, this movie they do, all right? Like, this is literally, it. yeah, this is all in the first, like, 45 seconds. <laughs> Establishing we, we talked, <laughs> We talked five plus minutes about literally a 30-second scene, and that's going to tell you how shit-fest this movie is, is that we're just already been like, fuck this movie from the very 30 seconds it started. Now, let's get into our stars, okay? Yes, okay. Because they so, are yeah. on the DVD case. This is their movie. They're on the case. They're top billing. This is a... By the way, just preface everything. This is a 74-minute runtime movie. So, it's here we go. a lot of Clooney. Here we go. Uh, we get a sequence opening with Laura Dern, Charlie Sheen, and George Clooney. They're hiking in the woods. Well, the stars of the movie, yeah. They're hiking in the woods. She's complaining because she has the worst shoes on for hiking. And they are going up this hill, and they're trying. They're going to go camp because there's going to be a concert later. I, I everything takes place in the same day. There's no like overnight, even though there are well, night and day scenes. Yeah, I was going to say, but time is relative with the sun in this movie. It as very much when is. it's night and when it's day. We don't know how many days passed. It could have been a fortnight. Could have been several months. It might have been just an hour or two. We don't know. The sky didn't know. The bear was evil. That's true. But we, yeah, we catch them hiking. There's a, they pass a sign, just not well placed at all, just kind of off in the corner that says, um, bear danger, watch out for bears. <laughs> um, yep. But they don't even see the sign. They're partying. They got their beers and sleeping oh, yeah, bags yeah. ready to go. I mean, they set up camp. Yep. Right outside of like a giant cave, <laughs> yeah. which was like, looked ominous as fuck. And they 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 set up camp and they're they're drinking beers. They got a fire going, and then uh, Clo- Laura, uh, Clooney yeah. and and Laura Dern are like they want to get it on. So yeah, they're that, like, that hey, bear, that bear, that big giant ass cave next to him is turning them on. I mean, it's giving Clooney some ideas. Hey, Charlie Sheen, <laughs> why don't you go get something for us over there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think they even took that much effort to get make. It's like, oh, he's like, hey, how about you clean up? Charlie Sheen's like, yeah, I'll clean up. And then walks off. And I don't know if he thought, like, I got to clean up the forest or what. But, yeah, that's his reason to get him away so he can get it on with Lord Orange. Yeah. So. At first, I wondered why they didn't invite him to join them. But then, you know, it might have been hindsight or the power of foresight, rather. I don't know. You know, maybe they thought they would have all night for this. Dun-dun-dun. Who knows? But then we get our first grizzly vision where as Clooney and Dern are about to get it on in the sleeve bag... We see a vision of something looking through the trees at them. Which is watching Laura Dern kind of do a little strip tease. Yep. She just gets into her undies and then gets in the sleeping bag with him. But, like, you know, it was like, all right. Then we get a quick shot of a bear. Yes. Um, Just the bear alone. And then a close-up of Clooney and Dern screaming and different light effects happening and then suggested that they had now been murdered by the bear. We never actually see the bear kill them. Right. But it's suggested, yeah. That is the bear's trademark. Yeah. Is strobe light. There's a lot in this movie of um, the director saying, here, you put it together. I'm not actually going to film bear attacks. I'm going to show you a shot of the bear. A lot of times, the same shot of the bear and then the people that the bear's going to kill, and then we're just going to move on. You're going to know they're dead. I promise everyone who's listening, we got some trivia that's going to come at the end that's going to make this make way more sense. But I will make one small statement. The only original footage parts of this movie that actually I liked and appreciated was the fact that when it was the bear's point of view, it was shot from like twenty feet up. Yeah, because this bear is supposed to be Sometimes gigantic. I would think thirty feet up. It, yeah, it was some... huge, and it's supposed to be huge, and it's supposed to be looking down on its victims. And they did that a couple times, which I guess was original footage, because it definitely wasn't drone footage. But then you get to chase scenes a couple times, 
<laughs> and then the bear is at the same level of the person, but we we'll won't worry about that. But those were probably shot later. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> what happened. But, all right, so they're dead. Charlie Sheen shows back up. He's like, hey, what's going on? Oh, shit. Sees the dead bodies. Then grisly, grisly vision again because we see then Charlie Sheen running away, a la like an Evil Dead kind of camera, but yep. not as fast in any way. Um, and then Charlie Sheen's killed off screen. It's suggested. Again, shot of the bear. Right. Shot of Charlie Sheen. He's dead, all right? Um, so there we go. Yeah, had to go film Major League. Yeah. yeah, you get one shot of his corpse, assumingly, uh, being dragged along the ground. That's right. And, and his his limp hand kind of drags... Uh, uh, catches what, Laura Dern's dumbass high heel shoes for hiking. Well, it wasn't even the same shoes, because she had some kind of flats on. So it was shot afterwards, but yeah. it was shot for effect. <laughs> Maybe those were his shoes. Which we don't <laughs> Maybe. So, so wait... I guess the grizzly's dragging his body to put it with the other two bodies, or for effect. Yeah, maybe it just yeah. wanted to chew it up over. Because later over on, the- when they discover the bodies, his body's back <laughs> where he got killed. When we saw him get killed, when he was running away. But I guess maybe the bear then dragged him back to the spot where he was. I don't know. A uh, disclaimer on this movie: uh, continuity is not a thing. <laughs> oh no, not Whoever a thing. Was in charge of that. Uh, quit. I was going to say, they, they introduce us to, I guess, the protagonist. of The protagonist of the movie, to me, is the bear. But we'll, we'll say it's Nick, this guy. Right. He's a forest ranger who knows nothing about bears. His eyes are on oh. opposite hemispheres. Well, you're talking about the new park ranger with the beard and the crate, you know, the big hair. He, I mean, he's had experience in, in parks, but we're, he, it's, it's all about the liberty. And that's what he calls it. His prior experience was he worked at the Statue of Liberty, but he's professional in all ways. He's just never dealt with other parks. I don't know that he was aware of what bears were before he got here. No, we, and we discover that as there is a blatantly obvious bear track, and he goes, what is that thing? <laughs> and I'll be honest, I, I understand that you weren't at not like your typical park, <laughs> but you think in your ranger training... They would have showed you tracks, and you would have to identify and go, that's a bear track. But he doesn't know that. When a Cub Scout can make it out. Exactly. That's got to be day one, day two at least. Right, yeah. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, because he was just puzzled. Like, what what is that? Like, oh, God, man, you're in charge? How did you get put in charge? But But he's he's got kind of the his ranger buddy helper who's kind of showing him the ropes and stuff like that. And they got to deal with this chick that's the grizzly expert who, you know, they start getting a couple reports and she wants to get involved because, you know, she's the grizzly expert and get in the way of the rangers doing their job. Well, I was going to say they introduce it and they show them looking over the bodies and then they were like, oh, God, we forgot to show them the poachers. And then we're just cutscene to the poachers. No introduction. Just a guy drinking a beer. Yep. And even well, even before that, this is going to uh, everything we're, we're talking about is going to sound disjointed as fuck. Yes. But we also introduce a uh, Louise Fletcher mm. nurse ratchet. That's right. Yeah. Plays a character. This movie, by the way, has random ass people that you go, oh shit, that person from that other movie that I like is in this. Piece oh, of yeah. shit movie. Yeah. Everyone's in this fucking movie. I was wrong about all my guesses. You know, and, and, and she's kind of like, she's playing her best Kai Win from DS9. Like, so she's like this, you know, serious, almost villainous, like, politician esque person that kind of is overseeing all the parks. I think it's, in, but she's in charge of the concert too, right? I guess yes. she, she set up the deal to have this a massive festival concert at this national park. At a national park. And that is the basic setting of this movie a la and a la there's a lot of beats of jaws this movie has oh yeah and one of them is kind of like the mayor who ignores all the deaths from jaws that's her yes that's her as you'll also get another character later on that is also kind of inspired by a character from jaws but yeah she is pretty much the mayor from jaws who's like I don't care if fucking 50 people are dead. We're goddamn having this festival because I set this shit up. Just cover that shit up, goddammit. We're, we're going to hear about Jaws a few times. <laughs> yeah, we are. 
And oh God! Yeah. So oh. yeah, she's the uh, and she invites like some politicians to come meet with other big wigs, etc. That's got all. It's going to happen at this concert. That's her old deal. This yeah. is her make or break it moment. This and is then we get into dude drinking in the forest, just out of nowhere. You know, we we're introduced to these characters, and hey, this is what's going on in a concert. And then the movie's like. Oh shit! We forgot to show him the poachers, and then a guy drinking a beer by a campfire is suddenly bared, and we have no idea who he is. Your time talking about it was longer than he was on screen. Yes, just right now because literally it's shot a dude taking a swig. Yep. What's that sound? Dead. Like no introduction. Not going, man. I'm gonna kill me some fucking bears or anything. Literally just drink. Dead. That's it. And then you get a shot of. Dude on a motorcycle, assuming he sees a bear, because we don't see the bear, <laughs> he freaks out, takes a shot with his rifle, drops his rifle, and immediately like gets on his motorbike and fucking rolls He's out. Scared. He gets his buddy's hat, the one that's murdered, grabs his hat. That was the most important part. Ah, I didn't even see that. He had it in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that part, yeah. So that's good for you, man, because... I, he, I only reason I saw it is he put it in his mouth. All right, so he's got the hat. He's going, and then uh, let's cut away from that scene and go back to the concert setup, which is a very crucial part of this movie is the concert. Yes, yeah, so they're building a concert. Yeah, where we then have a girl that goes up to the, I guess, the guy that in charge, the stage manager, and she just walks up and she's digging every the music and stuff that they're when they're you know practicing. Yeah. She says, you know, you got anything I could do? And he's like, well, can you work a phone? And she's like, yeah. And she's hired to work a phone. I guess answer phone. That's a yeah job yeah. title you need to have. What was the quote that she gave to prove that she could answer? A I phone? can dial it or answer it or something like that. Like. The, the two things you do with a phone, she said, I can do those things. That's how I know a phone. I can fucking pick it up, and if you told me numbers, I can fucking dial those numbers. I am your woman. I can do that shit. Yeah, like bragging about that. I didn't realize in the early 80s that that was a thing where, you know, some people would get hired. Like, all right, hey, can you call so-and-so? And they're like, I, the numbers thing, I don't have. Do you put phone? Like, apparently that was a complicated thing. She was an expert at it, so... Thank God they had her. Yeah. So, yeah, after that confusing-ass scene where they, we didn't really meet... We kind of met characters, but we don't know. And uh, after that, the uh, then we get with uh, the park ranger guys with their, their crew, and they find the dead kids. Yep. They find the dead kids, and they're like, oh, shit, this we've is fucked got up. A, we've got a grizzly problem. We've got a grizzly problem. And, and that's a big grizzly problem because they keep going, look at all the fucking broken branches and shit. This motherfucker is big. He's big. He's huge. Whoa, bear. But they don't spend much time there. And then suddenly there's three drunk dudes in the middle of the fucking right. forest. And then the guy with the motorcycle, right. motorbike, rolls up. Yeah, and then there's day, night, day, night. As in some shots of the poachers is at night and some... Or during the day, in the same scene, mind you, but like I guess what wherever they're standing in the woods, I guess it's one of those kind of weird things where the sun comes down yeah. or it's pitch black. I don't know. It was very obvious that these gentlemen <laughs> did not film in the same area at the same time. Again, like the bear. Yeah. And you just gotta wonder what kind of drama was going on on that set. By the way, and I'm not gonna not I'm not gonna let you guys talk me out of it. One of those poachers was Grandpa Joe. From Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I don't care if you look it up right now and prove to me on Wikipedia or IMDb that it wasn't. It was. He did look a lot like him, and I think it's dangerous to watch this movie if you hold that movie <laughs> into high regard because you don't want to see him drunk and in this movie. I guess is the best way I can put it. Well, one of the poachers, who also happened to be the brother of the guy that was mauled, oh man, is played by Mark Alimo, uh, who played Goldicott on DS9 alongside uh, Louise Fletcher playing Kai Wynn on DS9. There you go. They were like the super villains towards the end of the series. It was fucking awesome. You can hope that whoever was on DS9 first suggested their co-actor from this movie in order for them to both to be in DS9. He was a bigger he was the bigger character in more of the story. Yeah. So he probably brought her in because like, oh yeah, I worked with her before. 
on this fucked up movie that never happened. So somehow, <laughs> and again, this was probably supposed to be filmed and never was. Um, there, the poacher rednecks find out there's like a twenty five thousand dollar reward. There's a hundred thousand dollar reward for a killer grizzly, apparently. Yeah. So even like, though we're just starting to find out the grizzlies killed, and like this is all new information, apparently already. Like maybe other bears put that out on the grizzly because they don't like that, but because all the rangers are just discovering bodies for the first time, the scene right before that. Well, what they're talking about is the fact that dude's brother was killed. Yeah, and he's having a moment, but the moment doesn't last long because Grandpa Joe <laughs> is basically like, "Well, we know he killed some uh, this this bear killed somebody, so we can get the reward," and. It takes about 40 seconds or so for them to convince dude who bereaved dude who my brother has been murdered. Very quick, very quick, yeah. To like, hey, 25 grand a pop, that, that'll that heal your fucking woes, yeah, right? Yeah, dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> always, that always works out, you know? Dead brother, wait, did you say money? Dollar dollar bills? All right, let's do it. And then, yes, and then we see his motivation as he takes the machete and slams it down. And then quick cut to some other scene because we we've t- spent way too much time on the poachers. So then we cut back to a concert footage, I believe. You give so. you give that scene too much credit. We don't actually even get to see the machete getting slammed down. They take that from us. Yep. Yes. So oh fuck, where the fuck are we even? Jesus oh Christ. Oh, all right. Well, so we're starting to find out that uh, yeah, more and more bodies are being discovered, and um, Fletcher, whatever her fucking character's name is, is like, shut the fuck up. This concert's gonna keep going. They keep updating her on more and more people being discovered dead. Yeah, Head Ranger's keeps, like, I need more people. They keep. She keeps saying, again, I don't fucking care. We've got a concert to worry about, like, and then and, and it's always at the concert area they're setting up that they keep updating her on the dead bodies, and she's like, "Um, look around. We're not fucking stopping construction," which is a theme again to this movie is that they are always building yes the stage and the surrounding area throughout this movie, even as the concert is actually going on, they're still building, I guess additional stage or they just had stock footage of people building stages and use that oh yeah yeah we'll get into all the stock footage (laughs) uh so yeah we got all now we have a scene where all the drunk poachers oh man are fucking having a blast and then dude with this the dead brother they're all drunk and he's like oh no they're having a great time we're talking about what maybe an hour or two earlier he was more his brother's death there's no sense of time what do you do though man you got some time to kill you're drunk there's four of y'all you're just looking at each other what's the best thing to do grab ass grab ass yeah play play fucking grab ass which they do a lot it was kind of a weird scene they all get up and they just eat everybody starts grabbing each other's ass and literally like not even like in a circle it's it's bizarre I don't know they're drinking booze and and grabbing ass I guess that's to emphasize how intoxicated they are yes they would normally not play grab ass but they're drunk. Who knows, man? Yeah. We don't really know these characters. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> we never really had any information on these characters. But then suddenly we have a, a scene where the second in charge ranger, the one that actually has uh, like the gray haired wannabe Sam. Uh, That's right, yeah. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott character. Yeah. yeah. The wannabe Sam Elliott character fucking rolls up on him, and one of the grab assers uh, left the grab assery. And rolled up behind him like a ninja, and knocks his ass out. Yep. Right before he is able yeah, to. Yeah, these do rangers are not very good at knowing their surroundings. As the drunk poacher walks up behind him and knocks him out again, like you think he probably would have made a little bit of sound or something. Nope. No, this yeah. ranger's not really great at you know again knowing his surroundings or anything. Yeah, he gets knocked the fuck out, and then they just. Pretty much steal what all of his shit for the most part is walkie and his precious walkie talkie that yeah. everybody has in this movie. So we have a few completely unnecessary exposition scenes right around this time where like new head ranger dude that doesn't know what he's doing. He's oh. he's got a hot daughter. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, the chick that's the expert, the phone answering expert. That's his daughter. 
Yes, it's his daughter, uh, played by Deborah Foreman, who is uh, in Real Genius and Waxwork and April Fool's Day. Uh, I, I knew I knew her face. I was like, what the fuck is she in? And then there's a sequence with her, because she's a grown-up now, even though he's his, it's, it's his little girl. I, well, yeah. She meets, she meets up like with some dude at a trailer that is like her love interest, maybe. And oh, he's, the big new wave singer, yeah. New wave gypsy juggler. Called himself that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who just talked treats her like utter shit and she's like did you say I was pretty like she like missed all the uh, other shit talking he'd said about to her like you are just nothing to me I would move on in two seconds and, and she's like but you said I was pretty right at the beginning of that statement like just missing all of the um I, I I'm gonna probably fuck you and then I'm on the road okay I think I must have blanked that out because of the was the sexual tension written between the father and daughter or did that was that just how they played and that, it? Yeah, that is the one thing we never got to is they established this father and daughter, the ranger and, and her his daughter, <laughs> but there's some weird, he's like rubbing her face and like the way they're talking to each other, it was a bit creepy. Let's just throw it that out. I didn't, right? I didn't get sexual attention there. Like the, the guy who was in the, like the big, tall, like African-American dude. Uh, that was building the whole stage, the right. stage manager guy. Yeah. The one with the biggest walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah, he, the biggest uh, he, walkie-talkie. He wanted to fuck her. He was the guy who was just like, oh, that's your girl? All right. Yeah. yeah. She's nice. Yeah. <laughs> in which, in that scene, as they're having, the, the ranger is having the interaction with the product, uh, the manager, we get where this movie, obviously, some takes were one take, and we move on. Because the ranger trips over his fucking lines where he's like, yeah, she's going to be off the, she's off She's going to be off limits to you. The stage manager literally starts cracking up as in, dude, you just tripped over your fucking lines. And they said, we're going to keep that in. Just move on. Well, damn right. Not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, that was the only interaction we saw between Nick and his daughter. Like, I, I think that was the only time they really talked, wasn't it? I guess there was one more quick scene later. Or just I think like, he might have to save her later on. I he was can't like, remember. don't go home through the woods or something. You know, whatever. <laughs> Great ranger advice. Hey, don't yeah. go. There's a giant 30-foot killing grizzly. Yeah. Take a car. All right? Like, the, it's it's, but, it's solid advice. <laughs> but that's the thing. The movie kept building up and, like, introducing these characters and maybe giving you a little bit of backstory or connection. But that was it. That's all you got. There was no, you know, what they gave you at first was what you had to build with these characters. All right, so now we get to that ranger that got mugged. Yes. He, he wakes up. Wakes up and with then a we concussion, get, most we, likely. Yeah, and we get grizzly vision, and he's like, oh, fuck. And then we get him running, falling away, running and falling, and stunt double. That's obviously not him. And then back to him. Back and forth. And then New there's footage, one, old footage. And there's one scene where it looked like he fell down and rolled down but then he's rolling uphill and running <laughs> and then eventually he says so like fuck where do, where do I how can I get away from this bear and he sees this cave which he crawls into the cave well I guess there must have been a back door to the cave because as soon as he gets in the cave as he's running away from the bear there's the bear and all I can Dad. think is that the bear just like it looked like there were rocks piled up in front of the cave yeah. and the bear just like got in there and now I had no clue he was actually dead, but there was like some like flash cuts yeah. and stuff and, and I was like, But what? that's what I'm saying is, is if you see bear a shot of a bear and and then the shot of the person, the director says you saw the bear, you saw the person, bears kill people, so they're dead. There's no you you can't guess what happened. Flashing light. Yeah, flashing light equals death. Right. And then I'm going to assume the next scene must have been destroyed because then we go back to the scenes we saw at the beginning of the goddamn movie of from National Geographic with the same fucking cubs and the same fucking bears and the same fucking shots with the drone for 10 minutes. It's beautiful. It it was. We had a yeah a Nature Channel interlude. I thought I might have sat on the remote for a second, and the movie had turned off, and we had I, it had gone on. And there were some different scenes, like we got this crazy overhead shot where it just came down on the really good forest. Scene. Can we see it again though? And we will. It, it, well, no, but literally, 
then they show us the Cubs, and then they show us that same footage again. Three, like two minutes later, again, slowly going down. And I want to say this had to have been five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Or, I, about because it was just like this nature, and it had really, it had a really like epic, like orchestral music see, see uh, like score. I was going waiting on. for someone to, like a voice to be like, like and now we're and now relaxed to the sounds of blah blah blah. Yeah, I honestly think more movies should do that. We were really. That that was a sad scene where the old man ran a big loop around the bear's cave and then went through the back door and got eaten by the bear. It was pretty exhausting. We needed a nature you know, interlude. We, yeah, we got up. We we got a drink. It was really peaceful. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You think more movies should have not telling us, but just five minutes of random stock footage of nature? Just calm well, us down a little bit. Well, I'll tell you, in in big epic movies. When they used to show them and have road shows and stuff like that. This even happened with uh, The Hateful Eight. I went to the road show. Right. There's an actual orchestral intermission. Yeah. In the middle of the movie right. screening. But did, your, did that one for Hateful Eight have the same shots of bears it and didn't trees have nature that you saw footage. at the beginning? See, and that's bullshit, all right? I'm this movie shooter. knows it's got it right. If you're going to have just a random intermission on an hour and 25 minute movie. <laughs> You're, Don't tell you're anybody. You're adding time to this movie. Oh, Hour and 14 minutes. Hour and 14 minutes. You tripled the run time. <laughs> you got to have a random intermission. But you know what? Don't tell the audience. Just throw it in there so they go, this looks like part time I can go pee. Holy but see, shit. they had to take us down so they could get us ready for the master. The true hero of the movie. Nay, all cinema. That's right. So they have, at some point, a scene where they introduce that we might have to get someone to help us with this bear situation. There's a guy we know who can take out a bear multiple ways. He's a bear hunter. He's French Indian. Yep. What is his name? Bouchard. Da-da-da. It's the only character's name I care about. Because oh, this shit's awesome. Ever again. And this this hurt. Um, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of my fucking favorite movies. He played Sala. And Sala's there wearing a flannel, like Paul Bunyan style, and a fucking wallet. And god damn it, the worst. He forgets what his accent's supposed to be. The only thing he knows is that it has to be in broken English. And that's the only requirement of his role, is that <laughs> he can't use certain vowels. And that's about it. Because... Yep. Sometimes it's a French accent. Sometimes it's question mark accent. Sometimes he's just like, fuck it. I'm, just gonna just, I'm, I'm English again. Like, I, it doesn't matter because he doesn't care. He's like, I'm wearing a mullet wig and wearing a fucking flannel, so I'll do whatever the fuck I want. There you go. And it, it, that sounds familiar, by the way. There's a movie I remember where they had to uh, hire like an expert to take out this giant creature that was yeah um, affecting the area uh, what was that oh was that quint from jaws oh yeah that's right yeah it's true yeah <laughs> uh, there you go because again this movie's like uh so we got the mayor ish person that you know at all costs and now we've got let's hire the dude with the mullet a la quint we too. got the cop yep you know yeah yeah so yeah we have uh, i completely forgot about that the cop new to the park. He's the one trying Fucking to get the reason. Goddamn Brody from Jaws. They should have called it Claws. They should have. But I'm pretty sure that title right. that title was had to be taken. Alright, so Bouchard has the best mullet since Brutus the Barber Beef King. It's it, a, a good call. It's not shaved enough in the front. But it's like he almost has like kind of like a pompadour up top, but he has like the mullet going in the back. And I swear to God, he had a he had some kind of like a hair clipper, a bobby pin in the back. Oh, you got to keep it in place with that. It's usually gel or something. He looked like an '80s wrestler. He actually looked like current wrestler Rusev. He goes by Miro in AEW right now. Hell yeah! Uh, Big guy, burly. You just felt safe when he was on TV. So Uh, we got a sequence. Where he 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 is now on the job, and he meets up with the bear expert lady, and oh, yeah. our Which Brody we, cop. We hadn't really brought up, um, so we got Brody cop and the expert lady who 
throughout this movie has been trying to get them to just tranquilize the yeah save the bears yeah save the bears i mean they at this point we get up to like five plus people dead and she's like you guys can't kill this grizzly just use tranquilizers um yeah she's the gorillas in the mist she does warn them though that they should they should use tranquilizers because bullets might not work on this grizzly's head because the skull is so thick that it might the bullets might not be able to penetrate the skull so ridiculous which and then when you just shoot anywhere else on the body but she's like i know everybody wants to be gangster and shoot the fucking grizzly in the head and i'm just giving you a heads up the grizzly's skull is fucking thick as shit so you you're not going to be successful good right? luck with it yeah these are professional forest rangers yep. they are trained day one to aim for the head aim for the head that's it that's right I, yeah because she doesn't explain anything else of being complicated but just that fucking that that <laughs> fucking skull you're, you just ain't gonna work y'all are fucked i do love that they're discussing it and they're having like a real conversation of yeah this thing's killed like a couple of people now we've got more people coming in we're probably gonna need to use live ammo and she just yells every grizzly every grizzly is precious and they just look at her like, bitch, like, no. people are dead. Yeah. No. Yeah, she's... So she's trying to explain to Sala, uh, or Bouchard... Uh, no, Sala. Yeah, either way. Uh, the fact that this is a giant bear. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then, <laughs> then she starts explaining, like, oh. how far apart the tracks were. It's and, like a it's like a dick contest how, for a second. Yeah. How high up the, the, the claw marks on the trees were. And then he's like... Well, how far apart with the two back back paws? And she's like eight feet, and he was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, oh shit! What does he call it? Well, shit! You got the devil bear. Very bad. You got you got, you you got, got the devil yeah. bear. Very bad. <laughs> yeah, you got the devil bear. Ask very deadly. Devil bears very deadly too. All, oh. the, all the while, Nick is standing there completely confused watching these two have a verbal yeah technical he, spar. I think he's players. kind of getting off on it because yeah, he he's head falling back to who's talking and just kind of like i i don't know shit about bear again remember i don't even know how to recognize a bear track so i'm gonna trust both of y'all on this shit talk contest holy shit we're sure it's a bear we now get into after this scene we now get into the first oh. of actual like concert-ish footage yeah because now they finished most of the stage enough to show people going toward, like, crowds of people now showing up, excited for concert. 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 Not going to be a concert. Any specific band, but concert. We want concert. We want concert. We want live music of some sort. We don't care who's on stage. And oh, do they get a lot of live music. <laughs> Holy shit. Over the course of this movie. All it's right. Promoted it, as. I think you should throw out real quick. We're going to take a pause for a second for Groots as what's your research because we're going to go into some rants and you might as well start to explain this part before we get into the rants of the concert footage. All right. So background information here. Uh, this movie, apparently uh, there was going to be a large concert in Hungary where they were filming Nazareth was the band playing. This is back in 83. And this was the largest gathering in Hungary outside of their revolution of people <laughs> in one place. And they wanted to get footage of it. But obviously they didn't want to pay for licensing Nazareth. So the Or paying everybody their extra fees. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They definitely shot like crowds and crowd footage like for... You know, they got all the crowd footage scenes free. Nobody knew knew anything. Yeah. But they also apparently hired a band, which we believe is a like a new wave five girl. It was like a it was new like a, a low rent proto Spice Girls. Yeah. You know, like and, new wave Spice Girls. And they actually are on stage and they're, they showed us their footage for fucking what, like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, we saw practice footage of them practice at, at footage, some point. Then actual concert footage. But you can see everybody in the crowd literally no you know you sometimes get the even the drunk people early, you know, some people start early pregame that shit. You get some drunk people that might dance, but not a single person in the crowd is motioning at all to the music as going, What the fuck 
are we watching? I paid to see this band that I know, not five chicks in this random ass song. The 80s had some infuriating style choices. I'll, I'll put it that way. It'd be nice. <laughs> but yeah. these women, it, it looked like somebody's mom tie-dyed a bunch of bed sheets and then let the kids just have at it and cut them up and make costumes out of. Right. Even the shoes. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. All right. So so we got our con- some of our concert footage. Then we're going to go back now to... Time for the poachers who have been working. All right. Well, we got, I guess, we get a quick scene of explaining bear traps. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta clean them. You gotta make sure they're good and get fresh meat, whatever. From uh, what's his name, Salah. Salah. Yeah. yeah. But and then then we get more concert footage for some reason, Um, and then we get uh, to the poachers who have dug this giant fucking pit. With spikes, a la like fucking Predator, like goddamn Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yeah. like massive spikes, a bunch of them. And I guess their plan is to like Scooby Doo run real fast and have the giant grizzly that's 30 feet big fall like, into, fall the, into yeah. the pit. But <laughs> as they're all planning this, and then I guess one of the poachers freaks out because he sees a grizzly and accidentally shoots one of the other guys. Instantly, <laughs> so right there, the Grizzly's job's already, he's, he's only got to kill three motherfuckers now because they don't know how to work their guns. Now, you are lying to our listeners because the Grizzly does not show up until the first man screams and the second man shoots him into the pit. That's right. Yeah, then, he reacts. Then we're shown the Grizzly. Yeah. Which I do believe was the brother who yeah, that's actually right. yeah. falls into the pit. Yeah. Like, Mark Alimo is, like, uh, now impaled on, yeah. a, on like, a freaking Vietnam trap. By the way, trap, when know? we say see the grizzly again, most of the time that's going to be the grizzly vision that we're talking about and not actually the grizzly unless there's a quick stock footage shot of the grizzly. But, again, the director has us do the work for him, which right. is you see grizzly vision, you see guys – you know what's going to happen. No, I've got a question. I just thought of this. Was that the only actual death we saw up until that point on screen? I think everybody else, we just saw bodies. That yeah. dude flew into that Yeah, thing. I guess I guess for the most part, that it, we do actually see a actual filmed death scene as opposed to discovering the bodies later on. That's a, that's a good Correct. call. Yeah, because most of the time, it's stock footage, grizzly, or grizzly vision, person, and then later someone goes, oh, that person's dead. And we go, yeah, because we saw the footage where because, we had to put it together ourselves. I think ourselves. you're absolutely correct. Yeah, that is the probably only because death no. scene. There's one other one. I know there's one no, other one. No, no, no. One. Our trio, our trio, Sala, uh, Brody, and uh, the girl, uh, the you know the, the grizzly lover, show up on the scene shortly right. thereafter and they, hold on, see, hold on, hold on. they see dead dude in the freaking spikes. The other guys are all messed up, but... I, I'm, getting, I'm sorry, man, but go ahead, uh, and then I'll... I'll yeah, I'll, yeah. Uh, the dude who knocked out the uh, you know, Sam Elliott guy is impaled yeah, up in a which tree a like shot. 20 feet right, up. I'm sorry, dude. I'm bored. Can we talk about concert footage again? All right, let's go back to concert footage. Oh, fuck. I know you're just talking about a really good scene, but you know what I need? This sounds really important, but can we go back to another 10 minutes of concert footage? Right, oh yeah, like can right we, now. Can we show? Right, good. We're back to concert footage. Can we show some footage of Coachella with people <laughs> yeah, yeah. That have weird colored dye? Well, we ran out of eighties footage, so now we're into Coachella modern fucking concert goers again. I think I spotted a couple Apple watches, cell phones, shit like that. They they couldn't find enough eighty concert goer footage to splice in. So here we go. We throw in that. And then they went, okay, we, well, just we in done. case, hold on, just in case you are not picking up on that, we're going to keep showing different bands playing. And you know what? We give two shits. So we're going to have footage of bands playing a song with no microphones in their backyard and then splice it so it looks like they might be on stage even though they don't have any microphones and it's obviously you can see their porch in the background of their of them playing music oh my god i 
Like I, they didn't care after a while. They were like, we don't even have stock footage here. I'm I got like, tired of picking my job <laughs> off the floor. I think this entire movie was an excuse for that band to put their music video. It might have been like, yeah, because they're playing like their own song, and it again, it looks like a music video in somebody's backyard. We gotta find that. But and we're supposed this to this release. Well, yeah, yeah, but we're supposed <laughs> to expect that they're playing in front of thousands of people, and they have the ability to project their voices with no microphones. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the stage got really small, in which they all <laughs> had to squish it together. Nothing but no lights. Yeah, and then we also had some weird, like. I guess we're all right. I, at there was like a prog rock Hungarian yeah. band that was like, oh, yeah, is that Nazareth? No, that's definitely no, not that, Nazareth. That's a, all right, I guess let's take a break from the concert. We'll go back into, I guess, the Grizzly if we really have to. And this is where the Grizzly discovers fireworks. You're selling Bouchard short, too. I mean, he, you could tell he was he knew what he was doing because they put him in a rope shirt and they tied oh, God. a feather to his gun. That's right. Oh, and just he does. emphasize. Yeah, he, he is very much a last Mohican style the, um, at that right. part. Because he, then he puts on war paint for around his eyes. That's right. Yeah. And there is a there is a point in oh, which... I thought he got punched. In which a grizzly chases oh, that's, uh, oh, the girl that's right. and uh, she can't get to her gun, her tranquilizer gun. And he ends up shooting this grizzly, but it's well, after not she, the big one. Right. And that's after she runs uh, through the woods the same woods multiple times as in yes. they kept using the same shot of her yep. running oh, yeah, through the yeah. woods over and over again to emphasize she was running really like a lot instead of actually having her do it they just kept showing the same footage like again they expect us not to notice this but then yeah the, but the, i mean just like jaws they caught a big tiger shark first Holy shit, I forgot about that too. That's right. And, yeah, but like, it's not the big one. We got it. No, nope, that's not it. They forgot about that too because they squeeze it in at the tail end of the movie. It's real quick. Oh, uh, here's another. Oh, oh, he's dead. That's right. But so, and then we get another concert footage. And then we get the. Now we get to the Grizzlies at sort of at the concert. He's behind the stage area where yes. they apparently have this amazing. 25 minute fireworks like thing that's supposed to happen. Apparently, the Grizzly figured out how to set this shit off early because <laughs> all of a sudden, the last half of this movie is just fireworks going off continuously, fires yeah. getting started, stuff like that. And then we get Bouchard who fucking shows up and he's like, This is my moment. And you know, he's going to have to succeed. I mean, what would tell us that this expert of killing these giant creatures would fail at his task? That this would be the one? Because he's going to... Oh, wait, no. That this would be the one that got him? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, huh. de he definitely didn't look like he knew what he was doing. He, hmm. he started fiddling with the ropes on his jacket. He, he grabbed an axe and I think started to climb the bear. Yes, he was stabbing oh, yeah. the bear to climb it. Which, well, of course, the, the bear, bear is just some fur and we are to infer right. that that is... This giant grizzly. It's a 20-foot grizzly. He's yeah. got to climb up to the top to, what, stick it in the throat? Yeah. Throws he's going he's gonna to succeed, right? Throws him off, yeah. and he lands and gets impaled no. on part of the stage background set scaffolding. Yeah, it, it looked like it was something. an antenna that was just put at the wrong yeah, place. some kind the wrong of scaffolding time. Yeah. or something. Third impaling of the movie, and it yes. came to the best character Yes, indeed. Oh, man. Really I so, I guess Brody Park Ranger is going to have to fucking... He's going to have to save the day now. He is. And, of course, we're going back and forth with concert footage. <laughs> you know, fireworks, concert footage, uh, new footage None of, of, the concert of, main, of main characters, the back of their heads. <laughs> uh, and then cut By the way, the none of these thousand people in attendance of this concert know that literally behind the stage of the performance that they're watching... Is a thirty-foot grizzly with fireworks and fire and people being impaled. They have no idea. They're no, watching their show. They might see a few fireworks in the background. All right, this is the Groots again here. Uh, this. 
portion of the episode is the brief recap intended to kind of summarize what F.U. Hunter and Spam and I all discussed in the last uh, 13 minutes of the episode uh, in which uh, we lost uh, our recording data. So where we last left off is kind of the climax of the movie where the grizzly has been uh has a, has got to the concert attacked the concert killed our uh, our our friend sala you know in a in an impalement sort of way turns out we had a small appearance from the actor who played weasley's were rat in the harry potter movies as a small role this all makes sense later because of the way that this movie was found and 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 finished but um We've got the main guy, this movie's Chief Brody, running after the Grizzly. And in possibly the most amazing usage of another scene from another movie, I literally stood up and cheered because I called that shit. The final death scene for this for this gigantic Grizzly is, is executed in a way that Brody lures it to bite down on an electrical cable and this film uses super zoomed in footage color corrected and everything so you can just see the jaws from jaws 2 the way that brody actually killed the shark in jaws 2 was used in this movie shamelessly and i fucking saw it and was like that's jaws 2 that's Jaws 2, and I freaked the fuck out, and we had to pause the podcast, etc. Um, once the bear is dead, literally the, the, the movie fades to black immediately. There's no follow-up with any characters, and we're all just awestruck at this absolute ridiculous garbage mess of, of an edited film. So, a uh, little background story to make this make a little bit more sense. So this movie was shot in 1983, as we mentioned earlier, and it was only partially finished because of all kinds of weird budgetary stuff, running out of money, etc. In 2007, some old work print footage was found, and a producer scooped it up and was like, hey, let's finish this movie. Mostly because this was early appearances by George Clooney, Charlie Sheen, and Laura Dern, who all became big movie stars. And, you know, of course, they put them top billing, you know, on this restoration project, including on the DVD cover and everything. And they're literally in the movie for like five minutes. But um, they must have found it at most 40 minutes of actual shot footage. And... You know, we discussed what what makes a feature length film like it's got to be at least like 74, 75 minutes, you know, like or 70 minutes, maybe it's, it's got to be over an hour. So what we have been talking about throughout this entire movie about how they used drone shot aerial footage, uh, concert footage, all kinds of things. They're, they're stealing scenes from other movies. They're reusing shots throughout the movie. That's all to drag this out just long enough to get to a feature length level. We had a lot to say about it, uh, you know, as far as just like joking on it. Uh, I did make the statement that I do believe that this is probably the most accurate movie for this particular podcast because it is absolutely a, a disaster. And I can't believe that somebody actually spent some amount of money to finish it because it's just it's a complete mess and it is almost unwatchable but it is hilarious in in just what they actually tried to pull off with modern concert goer footage and you know footage from a music video of some band that probably the producer's kid knew or something who knows um one last little bit of uh trivia so charlie sheen who was in the first five minutes of this movie was initially offered the role of daniel caruso in the karate kid 
and he turned it down because he had already planned to go to Hungary to make this movie, Grizzly 2. And as a final thought, uh, as we ended the episode, we all wax poetic on hoping that perhaps the internet as a whole would get together with this movie and do their own editing. Because you can basically, at this point, insert anything. Like all this concert footage that was from all over the place, Coachella maybe, something, put in anything, you know? It could be a Slipknot concert. You could pretty much put any stock footage into this and it would not be a worse movie for it. In any case, we had a bunch of fun on this episode. Uh, Apologies for the technical difficulties and the weird, uh, you know, kind of attempt at a save for the episode so that, you know, you guys could hear some of it. But um, I am uh, excited to finally get this out there. And um, please check out all the podcasts on the GUI network. Um, Check out our merch on T public through the link on the website, GUIpodcast.com. Um, if you are needing regular things around the house, uh, you can shop through Amazon through the link on our website. It kicks back a little bit of money to the podcast. Doesn't cost you a dime extra. As always, please uh, hit up beautiful disasters on our social media. You can contact us through our Facebook page, uh, directly beautiful disasters podcast at gmail.com. And let us know uh, which uh, crazy-ass movies you want us to watch. And on behalf of uh, Hunter and our guest for this episode, Spam, uh, thank you so much for listening. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. In a world ravaged by movie studios that keep rehashing the same things, only one podcaster has the guts to make it even worse. Join Mike the Hobbit as he traverses the internet to bring you some of the best and worst ideas for reboots, remakes, and reimaginings of some of your favorite and least favorite TV and film properties. Ideas like a John Waters He-Man movie, Fantastic Four the Musical, and Aliens, done entirely with marionettes. What podcast would bring this evil upon the world? This is Smack My Pitch Up. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. GUIPodcast.com <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.